You're drinking pickle juice out of a um, jar. Piss? Yeah. This is piss. <laughs> <laughs> Who's piss? My own piss, come on. Yeah, wow, it looks yeah. dehydrated. So am I. Do you know that... <laughs> Maybe you know drink some fresh say, water. Do you know how they say piss is sterile when it comes out? Who? They. The, okay. the great unknown. The okay. numinous other. Yeah. I only found out that's not true recently. It's bollocks. This is why I questioned who's been saying that. Um, people who drink their own piss say it right. a lot. Right, okay. When I, they go on Good Morning Britain. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of your shows. <laughs> People send me clips when they know it's relevant to my interests. <laughs> wow, piss has been mentioned again on GMB, straight to Sean Morley. Yeah, Sean will want this. Yeah. You know how I only like about three things, and whenever anything happens like that in the Twitter sphere, I get the same DM from five people. Just piss is one of them. Piss specifically intersecting with morning TV, <laughs> terrestrial TV. <laughs> They've mentioned piss again on loose women. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ring Sean. Put him on FaceTime. And welcome to the last mandatory redistribution party of 2021. My name is Jack Lewis Evans. And my name is Sean Morley. Since the previous episode, we reached out to you, our esteemed listeners, for questions you would like us to answer. And if you like the concept of us answering questions, then buddy, pal, friendo, is this the ep? For you. We cover everything from the ethics of podcast merch, the link between autism and communism, and some near-the-knuckle egg evaluation. If you are banked up and wish to offset the lavish costs of our end-of-year mince pyathon, you can chuck us a monthly stocking filler over at patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party. And I invite you to join me on my New Year's resolution to tell my friends and family about the podcast via long, complimentary rants, or by stenciling the RSS feed QR code on the side of the abandoned ice rink for urban explorers to see. As our mutual mental health and vital spirit energy sinks into the abyss, we are taking a short well-being break and shall return in February 2022 with new and cool Mando's content. It's gonna be good. And this is gonna be good. This is our this is our office Christmas party. Are we in office? We're this is you know, this is our workplace, end of year, let your hair down. It's time this... to go wild. But we actually like each other, that's not like a workplace. Even though, you know, we're friends and we did this right. of our own volition, no one forced right. us to do it. I yeah. nevertheless feel guys in my soul a need to push back against some kind of <laughs> the man type yeah. figure. Yeah. Um, mm. Okay. So, what do we do? Just get absolutely fucked and get off. First, we need to get absolutely off our face. Yeah, yeah. Preferably on Schlur. <laughs> Is Schlur alcoholic? I've never had Schlur. I've seen. If it. you have enough of it, you go. You go weird. 
That applies to almost anything. Yeah. <laughs> but we have the schlur. Right, let's crack open the schlur. Oh, yeah. Schlur, 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 schlur. schlur, schlur. schlur. Wait, how schlur, are we going to pop off with each other if we're through a screen? We could just ASMR. <laughs> just ASMR it. Should we smash some equipment? Yeah, let's do that before the kissing. Yeah, well, keep kissing, but I'm going to smash my PC yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, can't, I can't hear you anymore. Jack, are you there? Jack. Jack. Ah! Ah! My balls! Matthew Plater asks, how's the Haunted Social Club going, Jack? Uh, okay, yeah, this is a reference to the um, Northern Counter Powerhouse episode from mm-hmm. ages ago. Okay, so it's... Uh, <laughs> how would that be going? Dreadfully. Um, the... Ghost has got COVID. They've got COVID. It's only a mild case, but they've had they've been boosted because obviously they're in the higher age category um, and also <laughs> higher stage category. Yeah, really. They're like um, I assume they are from the Victorian era, so they're like two hundred years old. Um, I can't actually remember what we made up for the the ghost specific death in nature. I'm guessing Victorian. Most ghosts are Victorian, right? When you think of a ghost, they always are. You go, aren't they? You go I, most ghosts are early modern from the sort of Cromwellian era into victorian that's your ghost baseline mm. ghost never get a neolithic ghost no or, or like a, a 90s ghost <laughs> yeah you never get a ghost of someone who just died very recently <laughs> someone who knows all the same things as you yeah insta insta ghost yeah what was life like back like then what yesterday um, yeah. <laughs> it was raining yeah <laughs> a poltergeist that's scrolling through your tiktok feed poltergeist that has a phone yeah <laughs> it's really fr- it, you no know, you have to hold up your phone because it can't touch stuff and it's like yeah can you just scroll to it for me <laughs> yeah, scroll down. can you like that <laughs> no no don't don't like don't that, like, I don't like that. that. yeah i don't want yeah, that. like yeah i don't want that showing in my feed it shows for the people yeah. what you've liked Meet um, them. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that's fair. That's fair. Thanks, Ghost. Um, so the Ghost has got a mild case of... Uh, I don't know how they got their fucking boost of... I don't know how they got vaxxed if the syringe would go through. Makes it even easier, surely. Yeah, you just squirt it in, but don't even yeah. need a... Yeah, just flick it at them. You could just blow it at them with a bellows. <laughs> no, that's... Ghosts hate wind. Um, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the, the Ghost's got COVID, which is, is real bad, so they're, they're having to isolate. But actually, it doesn't... It's not contagious off a ghost and also obviously the whole thing's gone out of business because of the uh the the combination of either lockdowns with minimal financial support or the bits where they were just like saying don't go to anything but it's open but it's open so we're not putting any financial support in so we had to uh pull loads of gigs and uh actually yeah so the 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 haunted social club is all boarded up and it's got a ghost in it with covid that's your answer (laughs) (laughs) luke asks how do you see the inevitable extinction of human life on earth panning out i think i said in a previous episode that i'd like it to be a natural disaster yes i'd I'd like it to be something where all the human race can have a single moment of togetherness and go ah well not our fault (laughs) like looking up at a meteor type thing do you know i i love reading about krakatoa I'm a yeah, big yeah, Krakatoa yeah. head. Yeah. Krakatoa, you know, it put out the eardrums <laughs> of people a thousand miles away. It, uh-huh. it, it changed the earth for a little bit. Uh-huh. Anything remotely near it. Phew. You'd like Yellow, Yellowstone to pop or something. Mm. Yeah. Just a massive thing exploded and we can all go very quickly. We'll say it very quickly. Yeah. Not my fault. Yeah. Or me. I didn't do this. Wasn't I don't even know anyone who did this. <laughs> But what I think probably will happen, because I don't think, you know, 
no one's gunning to destroy all human life, right? That's no one's plan. There's no supervillains. Well, there's a lot of people who know that their actions are extremely detrimental to human yes, life. But, but, but they don't want all of them to die because they still want menial labour, right? So <laughs> they don't want them to die. Yeah, yeah. They, they just want to see how stuff. far you can push the hydraulic yeah, press onto yeah, a yeah, skull yeah. before it pops. Yeah. But du- during that time when the press is coming on, they still <laughs> want the God. owner of that skull to clean the house. Yeah. Fuck. So I think the only thing that would destroy all human life mm. would be some technocratic experiment mm. that gets out of hand, something like a grey goo kind of thing. Yeah. You all know about grey goo because you're Jack Evans. Venom. Or like a Venom, what, from Spider-Man? Yeah, do you, or do you mean grey goo, the, um, the RTS game made by former Westwood Studios Command & Conquer developer? <laughs> No, I've got no idea what you're talking about. I thought, well, I thought well, what this would be a place by, where we'd be What do you mean set. by Grey Goo? I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, well, here we go. Yeah. So, uh, sci-fi music sting bed rollout. Um, <laughs> so, Grey Goo, as I understand yeah. it, it's just any kind of like nanomachines that can reassemble matter, yeah. Yeah. and then they go off and just go, oh, wait. I've I've got a fault in my programming and now I turn everything into a lovely scone mm-hmm. and then you go oh, I don't want that to be a scone or oh, it's like it's like the tale of King Midas but but it's it's goo turning everything to scones and it approaches you and your family and then your your dog becomes a scone your 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 beautiful family becomes a scone you watch yourself be turned into little scones and after wow. you're dead they just go on and on and turn everything into scones and then like Elon Musk over goes ah I just wanted a lot of scones but I didn't shut the right bracket. Oh, well. <laughs> I'll be fine on Mars. <laughs> yeah. Where's human civilization? It's gone. <laughs> That's great. That's great. This is a um, film. That would be the tagline. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be more optimistic because you say that Luke says the inevitable extinction of human life. Mm. Um, and it, yeah, I get what you mean. The human life eventually in two billion years or whatever when the sun gets so hot that it like destroys all life on earth in, you know everything the plants can't survive or like the moon that's a bad one that's a bad natural you know like um the moon makes the earth's tilt less bad so if the moon wasn't moderating the earth's tilt the earth would just be going tilting like mad in its orbit and then it just completely just all the climate extremes would be like day after tomorrow do you know that one that would get us that's one of the moon apocalypses yeah and the moon's so, coming as well the moon's yeah. on the way here oh the moon's on the well the moon's the moon's going further and further away so it will oh, it, it will yeah the it's going the other way and then it will eventually because it's it's moderating force on the earth's tilt will uh fade uh and that's that's how i'd like to go but it's billions of years away so we, we won't see that but we have to be hopeful and optimistic and and will ourselves to be hopeful and optimistic not in a delusional way and let's not get into how uh, <laughs> the the correlation between depression and accurate and analyses of situations um, <laughs> but i think kind of capital wants us powerless and hopeless because no, if nothing can ever change then you just consume in order to numb the pain of existence you have nice food or read nice things or play nice video games or watch nice films in order to numb the pain of knowing that nothing can ever get better because you have hardly any agency in your life. So like we have to believe that it can be better. So I reject Luke's premise of inevitable extinction of human life other than, um, you know, the sun. Sun or moon death. But you're getting a soapbox claiming you're going to fix the sun. No, no. 
I'm going to, yeah, my effect on the sun will be nothing or maybe somehow negative. Yeah, graffiti. Actually, no, optimism. Maybe I'll make the sun better. <laughs> yeah, make the sun nicer. Make it hotter. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say thank you to the sun. Yeah, thank, thank you, you sun. sun. Thank you. Dovetailing that into a question from T. Morris. Right. Who says, leftist energy seems to have given way to a tense mundanity and defeat due to Keir Starmer and COVID. Oh, I don't want to talk about that fucking scumbag. It's This is this one sentence, and here's right, the question. okay. What big event or happening would you instigate to use as a catalyst to return us all to having possibility? Keir Starmer explodes, splattering, like a juicy ham explosion. Like, pluck, and he just pops. So just straight away, like a, a detonation, or do you want him to expand before the pop, like a balloon? He is in Parliament, and he's farting some nonsense, some, like, procedural waffle at the Prime Minister while voting all this shit through. He's going like, oh, oh, Kirstahaba, oh, oh, Kirstahaba, oh, oh, And then you hear, like, sort of little fart noise. And then everyone's like, Kira, are you okay? And, he, and then he balloons, he floats above the House of Commons. And he's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then everyone in the House of uh, Commons is splattered by his pink slime that's inside him. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> I think we just said. A, I think we. I think we just said Keir Starmer, and he saw red. And yeah, I didn't. I didn't hear the second way. half of the question. What was the? What was the question? What big event or happening would you instigate to uh, use as a catalyst to return us all to having possibility? Big events that change stuff happen in the context of lots of other stuff, don't they? So, like, like if you have a big event without an infrastructure to bring about any meaningful change then no meaningful change will come about. Take like Bloody Sunday in 1905 in Russia, right? So you have a uh, peaceful protest of tens of thousands of people in the streets of St. Petersburg. They've got, they believe the Tsar is their ally just for some reason uh, and are led by a priest of the Orthodox Church to do this kind of, to give a petition to the Tsar, you know, like classic, oh, if we give a petition and ask nicely, the powerful might help us. And their petition was really basic. It was like, please, can we have a trade union? And they go to the palace and then the Tsar's men just fully open fire. Well, it's not because they don't have machine guns. It's like, kill a load of them. Everyone's pissed off. Everyone kicks off then. And there's like, the whole of Russia is like put into turmoil. That happens in January, 1905. The government really doesn't consolidate its power until October, November 1905. Because of the repressive powers of the Tsarish state and the weaknesses of the various opposition groups for various reasons, they achieved fuck, fuck all, apart from the, the Tsar introduced like a shit pretend parliament thing called the Duma to appease the kind of liberal middle class or whatever. It was basically just like a bullshit nonsense institution because if you have a big catalyst thing like that which in other circumstances could bring about a revolution if if you haven't done the long-term work beforehand or there isn't a context that can bring the other stuff about then it's not going to happen like world war the, the shared suffering of world war ii and the proof of the idea that state intervention can do things and that kind of shared suffering 
that would catalyze the establishment of like the NHS in some ways, et cetera, et cetera. But you also had the work of, you know, the forerunners of the NHS in South Wales, where Bevan was from, and you had the development of the Labour Party in the years up to that. So it's just the idea that like some event, some magical event could happen that could lead to a radical change in the UK as it is now. Mm, I'm highly sceptical. I don't know. What do you think? I think you're right that you can't put your faith in there just being some kind of event. Nothing that good is going to happen soon. But I take some solace in the fact that political possibilities are never really fixed. Yes. And things that happen in one decade would have been unthinkable in another. Yeah. And over and over again, surprising things happen right exactly, now. Exactly. There's just a bunch of cronyists who have are assailed by nothing nothing is really attacking the conservative orthodoxy but all they need to do is fall out with each other which they could do in two months and there'll be huge cracks left and stuff and things will change yeah i mean i'm not saying that if they fall out with each other they won't just replace and and patch it up Mm. but things change people die new people appear there are different possibilities yeah there's there's always possibilities but i think and i i, I doubt the question is saying this i've you know i've the, the, the questioner is is doubtless not suggesting that some catalyst could happen and just massively change things i think if we somehow had king kong but if we had comrade kong I think that would change things. I think that would change things pretty fucking quickly. I don't know. I think we were, well, actually we probably want a big animal. I think. Yeah, yeah. Or something. No, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, that's why Clifford's red because he's a comrade. The the there we go. Clifford, the big red dog. Um, that's or, the original red scare. I tell you what could change the political climate of the UK as a catalyst that could change it is that if there is a communist revolution somewhere like outside the imperial core and they decide that in order for their survival they need to nuke this island. <laughs> or just, or just a nuke goes off by accident. Yeah. <laughs> That'd sure change things. Political possibilities would be really different if Trident just went off. Actually, fuck it. I'll tell you what. If that did happen, it'd go off in bloody Scotland. So the, the the bit that would be least affected by it would be Southeast England, which is the oh, yeah. most fucking Tory bit, apart from London. They'd still be very ill, surely, because there'd oh, be yeah, a downwind. Be, I think we'd all be, yeah, we'd be mutating, yeah. In fact, I think Scotland would get off easy because they'd just die instantly, <laughs> whereas everyone else has to deal with the roving bandits, the Fallout 3 universe, <laughs> the gangrene. So there's plenty to look forward to, is what I'm saying. <laughs> Have you ever seen one of my all-time favourite memes? The, the correlation between the Chernobyl fallout radius and top pornography category. Mm, it's, it's it's like a a corona of hentai, right? <laughs> well, yeah. No, when they <laughs> it's it's at the core where the radiation was the worst. It's pure hentai, mm. and then as it goes out, where the, the least radiation is, the more likely you are to get a milf. Which, <laughs> which implies that MILF is like the, the non-radiated brain's norm. <laughs> and the only way you'll get into head size is as a result of mutation in the brain. <laughs> like it has a relationship with cancer. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. That's really good. Speaking of, yeah. let's just dovetail things we believe into this next question. Okay. From Darren Hubbard. Hi, Hello, Darren. I love the pod and look forward to every app. 
Oh, wow. What, Thank you, Darren. What is your favourite conspiracy theory that everyone reckons is bollocks <laughs> that you think might have some truth to it? Yeah, I started the last one. You should start this one. Go on. Okay. I got two. Oh, greedy boy. I got one that I think... This is like fits it, and then one that's just a, a funny one that I don't really believe. Okay. I reckon. <laughs> I, I reckon. Best way to start a conspiracy theory, I reckon. How was yeah, you yeah, start? yeah, exactly. I reckon. There is no other me, choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah I am O. I am yeah. H O. Yeah. Do you do you take H to be humble or honest? Oh, I always thought humble. I thought it was a way of humble. low status. I'm a humble head. Yeah, no, but apparently some people think it's honest. It's like the gif jif controversy. But I assume if you're offering your opinion, why lie? If, unless there's an IMDO, in my deceitful opinion. Yeah, in my dishonest opinion. <laughs> oh no! See now we've created another one. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you can see how this gets out of hand actually. Right, sorry. Well, I hate it. Do you remember early internet where LOL? So every now and again, someone thinks you say lots of love. It's like, no, I'm laughing. Oh, what the fuck? I was don't that? know you. What the fuck was that? Do you remember it? Oh man, oh, man. I remember Terrible the time. different spellings of noob, noob, which would be an ab- origination originally an abbreviation of newbie. N e w b. Were you ever a double zeros guy? I I have never typed N zero zero b, but I have been an N zero zero b. And when I say it aloud, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I've said noob so far, if you were transcribing this, put the zeros in, please. <laughs> I reckon Pope John Paul I was assassinated by the Vatican and the Vatican Bank. I reckon that's pretty plausible to me. Why? Explain yourself. Well, it's a, it's a fun one, I think. Okay. It's a fun yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he only served for 33 days, right. then died mysteriously. The yes. Vatican has a rule where they won't do an autopsy on a pope. Eh? Yeah, there's a rule. It's, it's a rule to defilement Who of the body. Who wrote that rule? That Someone put that in. It was Pope murdering. Mm. You only put that rule in if you're planning to murder a pope. Was that, well, that like... was actually only put in, in the day just... before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did the pope look over it? What's this? Oh, don't worry, yeah, don't just, worry about just that. Just put yeah. that in, yeah? Yeah. Smell this rag? Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, you get into these very fun, like almost Phoenix Wright ace detective pernickety detail squabbles yeah, yeah. because the Vatican kept putting out these unnecessarily detailed accounts about what he was doing and even what he was reading. There's this right. big rabbit hole about the book and it said he was reading this certain book, some I can't remember the name of it, yeah. but actually someone else got in touch to go, no, actually I, the Pope lent that book to me the week before. Wow. So he couldn't have been reading on the day of that murder. Wow. And he had no, um, he was taking something for his heart, but it was for Brain an force. issue that was never life-threatening. wasn't connected okay. with heart attacks. Yeah. There is an account that says it was, it became known to him within his short time within right. the Vatican, the corruption within the Vatican bank. And it was thought that he might be a reformer. And wow. then suddenly, shortest, shortest papacy, gone. Fuck. Mm. Do you know what? This is connected to the one I'd say. Yeah. So I think Jill Dando was killed because she was onto the Jimmy Savile pedophile ring. Remind me of Jill Dando? Jill Dando is a news reporter on the programme Crime Watch. Okay. And also just a journalist. And the, the conspiracy theory goes that in the mid-90s, Jill Dando presented a dossier a pedo dossier. Okay. There's multiple pedo. So there's the BBC, there's the supposed BBC pedo dossier, which Dando has been associated with by conspiracy theorists, where they were like, no, 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 there's no pedos here, even though it's like, there's mm. at least a pedo there, document. There were pedos, yeah, there's pedos yeah. right. Um, and uh, pedo enablers. 
There's also the Westminster pedo dossier, which is the one from the 80s that mysteriously, the ho- there was like a massive dossier on all these pedos and then hundreds of documents just went missing on this right. pe- this huge pedo dossier. And I think Theresa May, obviously so there much shit has happened. Theresa May reopened the thing of like, right, what happened to the pedo dossier? Go find out. And then like every single person that headed it, I think it was originally the head of the NSPCC, they basically do it for like a couple of months and then they quietly just quit. And I think that's gone on forever until maybe at some point they just published it and it was just like an absolute joke Uh, report of like, oh yeah, stuff gets lost, you know, like trial by your... uh... Right. I heard it had this massive turnover. I I didn't realize it got published. I thought it got forever spiked, but I knew that people kept quitting, but also people like very strange appointments kept being made to it. Of like, yeah, yeah. why are you heading up the Pila dossier? You're a lollipop man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it originally started with the head of the NSBCC, but then by the end it was like Mr. Blobby or something. But mm. yeah, Jill Dando was shot on a, uh, the doorstep of a house and they put, the, it was like a huge investigation by the London Metropolitan Police, the notoriously fucking corrupt Metropolitan London Metropolitan Police. Um, who we've talked about previously as being fucking shit um, mm. and dodgy. And they put a guy in jail for it. And then I think eight years later, he was acquitted and it's still unsolved. Right. There's loads of different, there's loads of different conspiracy theories about it. Maybe something to do with like anti-NATO paramilitaries in former Yugoslavia. There's like loads of them. But my favoured conspiracy theory, which I think has, I, I have no evidential basis for this other than feeling in my heart that Jill Dando was onto the pedos and they took her out. That's what you need to be into a conspiracy theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A hook. It, it needs to, on some level, just to sit right with you. Yeah, yeah. That just, so maybe, that I, just scans. Yeah. So maybe that Pope was going to out the pedos and be like, listen, lads, this isn't on, actually. Mm. <laughs> actually. Look into Savile. I've had a word with God. Yeah. <laughs> Look into Savile. Yeah. You lads can't hide her anymore. It goes into like whatever the pedo wing is of the Vatican, where they all, their little apartment complex, and goes, actually, you're going to go, you have to go to prison. Yeah, probably going to ask you to stop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, just stop doing just that. Just a, a polite warning before I ask you formally. Wind it down before I make the press conference. <laughs> and then they immediately get on the WhatsApp and like, listen, we've got to put in a no autopsy rule. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no autopsy rule. I've got some arsenic. Yeah. A few of the deacons have bought a hammer. <laughs> um, a fun one I want to mention is one of the most maybe bizarro uh, conspiracy theories, uh, phantom time hypothesis. That I'm in just on the title. So it's a belief that the head of the Holy Roman Empire and the emperor of the Byzantine Empire invented 293 years Uh to place themselves at the year 1000 because they thought that would be really cool. And (laughs) (laughs) this is is a fringe heterodox historical theory. I love 293 years of um, the early Middle Ages are are fake and never happened. (laughs) Oh my, I'm really sorry if you're a historian of that period because hearing that idea must be like destroying brain cells. Not true. Yeah, that's Um, not true. If you do look it up, even the Wikipedia page says this theory is not supported by any historians. (laughs) And reading that, I thought, that's going to be one of my beliefs. (laughs) I'm having that. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's what you do with the conspiracy, isn't it? You hear a thing and you go, Sean, I'm going to choose, I'm going to choose to believe that. I'm, I'm going to spread I'm, that around in yeah, smoking areas. I'm going to spread, spread that around. <laughs> I'm never going to look into it because if I look into it, it'll say, this is wrong. This makes you an idiot. Come <laughs> near to this. This makes you just an illegitimate thinker. You can be written off if you believe this. Mr. Trousers asks, were there any films, TV shows, music, or video games that you've particularly enjoyed oh. over the last 12 months, oh. not necessarily released this year? Oh, my... Oh, what? Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, this one definitely benefits from peeking the questions in advance. I have not peeked the questions in advance. Um, I rewatched Deep Space Nine. Yeah? Video game Ori Willow and the Will of the Wisps, the sequel to Ori in the Blind Forest by Moon. It's a very good game. Metroidvania, right? It's a Metroidvania, but it's got it has not got the vibe of Metroid. It's um it's it's beautiful in both in in all aspects, visually, uh, in in its storytelling, its minimalist storytelling. I like its exploration. I like its traversal, as in like the actual movement of the character. I like it, the fluidity of it. I like the combat. I like the world. I like the art. It's a very good game. It sounds good. Uh, the book Walter Rodney's How. The West underdeveloped Africa. That's good. I read that. I've all, I'm also like a quarter of the way through about 30 other books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my answer. That's a good answer. What have you consumed? I just want to give a shout out to Legend of the Galactic Heroes again. <laughs> I'm always talking to Jack about it and I want to talk to everyone about it. <laughs> I never get to I never twist the ear of people on this thing because I know no one's gonna like it. I know that no one's gonna care. I I'm just I I know when I get into it that I'm gonna love it, but I'm scared because it's big. It's big. Oh it's big. I've actually I've just started watching Heimat uh -huh. um lent by our friend Ben. Yeah. Um Heimat is a series of films that make up a film. So it's a, so it's a it's a series, but each episode of the series is a film ranging from like one to over two hours and it tells the story of a, of one village in germany it starts just at the end of world war one zweiter heimat which is the second one maybe there's three heimats so all of these films are made up of smaller films and then there's i don't know how long it would take to watch the whole thing obviously like days to watch it all back to back yeah. they do like parties in in germany where people would people would go see one and then they'd go like hang out and then they go see another one at the Fucking cinemas because you wouldn't be to get through it otherwise. And it just tells the story of everyone who lives in this tiny village. There's a village called Heimat? No, Heimat means homeland or motherland oh, okay. in German. I can't remember the name of the place. Oh, there, there is an all, there's also a TV show, Homeland, which is fucked. <laughs> oh, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, the original version was an Israeli TV show uh, and then it was adapted by the United States and it's about like um, a a US soldier who gets radicalized into quote radical islamism end oh, quote no. <laughs> it's bad yeah but that sounds like a very different show <laughs> okay i'm just going to go on a, on a rant about how much i love legend of the galactic heroes yeah yeah go license so, <laughs> thank you mr heroes. trousers so Legend of the Galactic Heroes was another <laughs> series written by Yoshiki Tanaka, oh, yeah. a sci-fi author uh -huh. in the early to mid to late eighties, okay. and it is a space opera. Yeah, um, it was made into an original video animation anime, mm. which was only available to members of a specific book. Sean went on to talk in detail about Legend of the Galactic Heroes for a further nine minutes. 
We have elected not to include that here, but Sean will make his case separately for Legend of the Galactic Heroes on Patreon if there is demand. I am also happy to do the same for Star Trek Deep Space Nine, which in its own way is a Legend of Galactic Heroes. Backs at the app. This comes in from Eddie Hurst. Yeah. Relating to our last episode, Brain Flavors, mm. he asks... Do you reckon being a bit mentally unwell makes you go to the left politically? (laughs) Mm. It might be that I spend more time with divergent neurofolk and also in leftist circles, but maybe it's also that anyone experiences life not as the norm, maybe gain some empathy for others who experience that. Mm, I don't, like, I don't know. I've never read any, like, empirical stuff on this. But what I would say, I mean, I, I think we, we can encompass a lot of things in like mentally unwell. And mentally unwell, I guess, means me, um, depression and stuff. But then neurodivergent is not mental health. It's like a slightly different thing. But Or take let's take neurodivergent because presumably it's bouncing off the previous episode, right? People who are neurodivergent tend to have problems with a world that is built around neurotypicals, right? And that is also a world that is, you know, capitalist, patriarchal, white supremacist, et cetera, et cetera. But the neurotypicality is kind of built into that. So to an extent, there's this experience of this world is not for me and I would like to change it, which may well manifest as, as you know, leftism, I think. I think that's, I've never seen any empirical stuff on it, but that feels intuitively right to me. What do you think? I'm happy just to come right out and say that autism is comorbid with communism. <laughs> <laughs> just, just... Flat and dry, nothing, nothing to elaborate on. Uh, um, there is one thing which is you can imagine a kind of an autistic stereotype of being like very principled and sticking to what they think is obviously the best idea, yeah. and not like necessarily bending to like the the tides of of political modernity and being like obviously this this method of polity which I've read about seems like a good idea. I'm yeah. not going to be swayed yeah. on that. Like I think there is like. I think there is quite a lot of like anarchism, communism, leftism, socialism in like the autistic community for, for reasons that in my head can and I associate with that kind of thing. Again, I don't know any empirical studies on this kind of thing. I think there is also um, people, um, there's a lot of descriptions of neurodivergence, particularly ADHD and autism, uh, children as being very precocious and mm. them having like a different relationship with like lifelong learning. Mm. And I guess that might get you into a mindset of finding out about something like this because I think there's a gap that you have to leap over a little bit and yeah. if you have that relationship with going, oh, I'm excited about this new idea, yeah, that might help you get over that gap a bit quicker and help you get introduced to things that are intentionally socially hidden away, like forbidden arcane ideas. And again, yeah, your life will fucking suck, so you want things to be different. So <laughs> all those things <laughs> together, I think that will that will... It'll combine to give you a predisposition, I think. Yeah, it just, it, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Eddie, I think you're right. Anyone who's in any waiting list as a result of the last episode, please say that you're a socialist to the diagnostician and tell them to take that seriously as a symptom. <laughs> uh, Real Soz asks, as we all try to live on the world and not be morally bankrupt, in brackets, no ethical consumption, and then okay, some ellipses, yeah, yeah, yeah. what esoteric and hypocritical red lines have you found yourself <laughs> drawing with regards to being a customer. <laughs> I won't buy Warburton's bread because they're Tory donors. Yeah, and I yeah, avoid I Nestle because they kill babies. Yeah. And, and they want, want to privatise water. water in the world. Yeah. <laughs> a 
and drip feed us to a, like yeah. a Morton Joe. I don't know who a Morton <laughs> Joe is. Uh, Mad Max. Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah. But I also have bought video games published by sexual predators, and I've definitely, in one way or another, helped Jeff take his best friend Bill into space for a fucking jolly. <laughs> So I'm interested in anything to avoid and how you came to that conclusion, like how you feel about eating McDonald's, for instance. I think it largely comes down to what's easy to avoid and what is hard, yeah. rather than specific moral transgressions of the enterprise itself. What was the name? Soz. That name shouldn't be Soz. The name should be... Should be real because. <laughs> With an explanation yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? I think, like, it's very difficult to buy stuff from, like, Evil Corp. <laughs> Because you can't help the liberalism that's just floating around in culture, which is this notion that you can have like a uh, an ethical consumption, right? Because that is now that that is co-opted. Ethical consumption is co-opted, and you know we talk about you know you might talk about how now it's great that there's more vegan and vegetarian options than there were like 15 years ago in supermarkets and restaurants, but that's happened because they've realised there's a market, and mm. you know there's more. I don't know refillable washing up liquid things because someone's figured out that that's profitable but then at the same time <sighs> yeah who the fuck knows i mean they're right i think the, the way they worded the question is like it's just fucking <laughs> it is arbitrary isn't it at some point you draw i was gonna say they said like a red line you have your red lines and like yeah i think i'm the same as them where like warburton's tory donors fuck that nestle water monopolizing baby killers fuck that but then there'll be something that like Warburton's and Nestle or Nestle own that you don't even realise it's owned by them because they're mm. it's so many shell companies removed or whatever. Yeah, I think they're probably right that it's like the extent to which you can avoid it. Like United Utilities aren't necessarily very nice to their workers and they don't do a very good job of looking after the water, but got a drink. <laughs> mm. Um but then I, I think that notion of like, you know, into the wild just just fucking reject all consumption put it all on the individual stuff is also has its major fucking limitations and it, and also it's premised upon like it, it seems to be a rejection of capitalism doesn't it because you're like rejecting consumerism but what it actually is, is is embracing the very premises of capitalism which is that your agency as an individual is assumed by what you do and do not consume would you agree sean i don't know i've just waffled about it oh, no, i know i think i think i've got nothing to add to it yeah. i think Everyone goes through, you know, like the galaxy brains of just, you have one thought that supersedes the other as more and yeah. more photons yeah, come out yeah, of your yeah. skull. <laughs> where you start off and you're like, some things are bad. Some yeah. things, they're, they're not as bad. I'm sure yeah, they're still yeah, bad. Yeah. They're still exploitative. They're still part of capitalism. But maybe uh, in one, what small way me yeah. perusing the shelves can help change <laughs> the course of history. <laughs> Grab this over this. I'm a saint. Um, but then you end up going, okay, well, there needs to be some consistency. So you end up loading so many restrictions onto yourself that like going to the shops becomes yeah. like going through a maze. <laughs> and then you realize at some point, okay, I I, I can't do, I can't yeah, do this. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I, there is no morally consistent line, which still doesn't, ask me to do too much that mm. is it's too unreasonable because it also requires a high level of research yeah. that is constant because everything's being acquired by these umbrella corporations it's so hard to operate outside those lines without also just massively creating like these boutique middle-class consumer habits uh. of like of people delivering you bespoke stuff <laughs> you, you can't you can't live like that and then you kind of go well this is foot. Consumerism of any kind isn't going to help us. We just need activism. We just need a different yeah, kind of politic. Yeah, yeah. But 
you then pick up a few more red lines that now you go, these are just grudges. <laughs> <laughs> these are just bugbears. I wouldn't moralize yeah, someone about yeah, them. Yeah. These are my gr- consumer grudges. <laughs> and I advocate for those. <laughs> I like bringing in stuff when I just don't really like. So I don't really like Toblerone, right? But I remember there was this article fucking years ago that said like, Toblerone is the least moral chocolate you can buy. I can't remember why. It was something like whoever owned Toblerone was also like an arms manufacturer that made carpet right. cluster bombs. That's what it's called. Um, and I remember being like, you know, I, I just remember as a teenager being like, I don't want Toblerone. Fucking, they're in the bed with arms dealers. But what I meant is I don't like Toblerone. <laughs> yeah. Toblerone's also really avoidable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You went in a position where you're like, fuck, I'm going to have to save face. I'm going to have to have a Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> like it really, really pushes you to make a sacrifice. <laughs> Why did you kick Jack out? He wouldn't have the Toblerone. He fucking Toblerone rejected yeah. his triangle form. Yeah, started talking about cluster bombs. <laughs> <laughs> Josie asks, Why do you guys know so much? Is your knowledge accumulated or do you specifically research for each mm. episode? I don't, are we that knowledgeable i don't know we've done a lot of episodes so it seems like it but we're always just talking about you only bring up stuff you know about if we if you did 80 episodes of a podcast you'd keep saying things and it would seem like you knew loads and loads josie so we generally when we're like talking like this we are most of the time just winging it because if we don't wing it we'd end up really hedging or like over researching a thing and instead of listening to each other looking at our notes which makes for bad Mandos, friends, makes for Mandos in the recycle bin. But if we do like an explainer where we've written it and it's got like normally a musical bed underneath it, then we've probably thought about it a lot more. Am I, is that some sane? (laughs) What I will say is that a question like this Mm. makes me uncomfortable because sort of like what on the onset of the of the podcast was this yeah. idea of like politics is for everyone it shouldn't be yeah yeah i don't want me and you to be like you've like, got to listen here's to the knowledge from the mountain no yeah we don't yeah we don't want to be like that at all i think there is some aspect to me and jack specifically that we're very magpie-ish yeah. and, and we pick up lots of little trinkets and we happen to know we happen to know a little bit about a lot of unusual little arcane things and that's that's what becomes like the stepping stones for the conversation but yeah. what we normally do is we just empty out what's in our head then we <laughs> cut out anything that later we find out was wrong <laughs> <laughs> mostly we usually catch it sometimes we don't <laughs> yeah so we just yeah. say whatever we think but you know we're not like thinking in terms of sources we so someone will normally make one of those segments where like one of us has done research and it's got music and it's got a bit of production value and that's one of us that's gone out and, and learned something and if we yeah. If we learn some other claim we've made is wrong in that time we, we just slice that out and and just make sure the heavy lifting's done by a little bit of you know i mean it's it's quite you probably spend it's a fair few hours to do the of research you you properly research a thing to the extent that you know we're not professional journalists you read you you read a lot of stuff and you think a lot about it and then record it and make the music slash soundscape stuff for it you know like you, you find the books you need to look at yeah. And then sometimes just the sections in those books you need to read. Yeah. You're trying to get them in as early as possible. You make a skeleton of the script. Then you go on a lot of walks. <laughs> then you finish the script. Yeah. I think a lot of the yeah. stuff's done invisibly in those walks. Yeah, brain. Yeah, your brain works. I think you initially absorb, it's like a human centipede. That's like level human one in the centipede reads the books. And then it goes down the, or just, you know, just a regular digestive system. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't think. <laughs> There's lots of things that move through stages. Just needing a human set of me. <laughs> I think this may be more reflective of my relationship with the explainers than. Um... I think you're finding a very subtle and esoteric way to be down on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and to convey that actually we're not that smart and so often we're talking shit in, in a, to return to my original answer chat we're just chatting music underneath it only one of us that is something that's been that's a bit more considered there you go andy asks thanks for the nft reward for thirteen thousand one hundred and fifty eight minutes listened <laughs> Before I get the tweet printed onto a T, is there any chance of funding our parasocial relationship through official Mando's merch in the new year? Oh, God. He's also asked <laughs> if there's any chance of us doing a Bristol live show in the new year and also requests a shout out for their highly politicized D&D group, Division Team Force, who introduced them to the show. Well done, Division Team Force. Thank you, DTF. Yeah, uh, I think merch circles back to the uh, the question before of like, you, you think, oh, well... Is there, is there an ethical? Is there a way to do this that isn't dubious? You know, no. it's like which I don't think there is. I don't think there is. Well, Unless there used like, to be. So, going to sell a mug for fifteen pounds. I looked into this a lot because I needed merch for other stuff and yeah. spent quite a while looking at the outlay of all the possibilities. Yeah, one of the big emphases is, is not it not costing twenty pounds for a mug. You know, uh, yeah, 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 and then set some stuff up. And then Brexit destroyed it all oh, because shit. all of the shipping and all of the a lot of that stuff comes from Europe where it could yeah, be yeah, yeah. made of quite affordably and then just shipped over. Not possible now. There isn't a, a good or useful way of doing it. If we're talking the normal merchandise stuff, which is like designs on ceramics and mm -hmm. cotton, mm -hmm. um, but if we could think of something or find something, are people interested? I'm happy to put the time in and work something out. What would people like to, to have? A button? A, <laughs> a, a badge? Yeah. yeah. A, a little skin. poem in a baggie. <laughs> Bristol show. We've done live shows before and we want to do live shows again. That may well happen. No promises right now because everything's going fucked again and we've just pulled Everything a load of comedy gigs. Um, mm. But certainly deeper into 2022 when thing, the live comedy scene's a little bit less terrifying. Yeah, we'll, we'll do stuff and we'll try and do it in a bunch of places. Yeah, sounds good. Sarah Hall asks, what have been some of your fave Mando's moments of 21? Any particular bits you're proud of or topics you really wanted to cover? Oh, is it like stuff we didn't get to cover? Oh it's my a double, God, this is a big, a quiz, a big question. Stuff we didn't get to cover, sure, but we've already teased some 2022, so I don't want to... And I'm deploy a list. I'm equally unwilling because anything um, I want to cover, I still will go on yeah. to cover. <laughs> we don't know, I don't know if anyone notices this, but we do try to make the episodes sort of just, you could listen to them at any time. Generally, we try not to make them like, here's an update on this week's news. Um, and we see people coming in, they come on board and they just, people say that they watch an episode, they listen to an episode and they go back. And that's our intent. That was our intent. Yeah, yeah, that was our intent. I don't know if everyone's aware of that, but that is what we try to do. Um, favorites. What, what's your favorite, Sean? I think the thing that we did that's had the most impact is that we basically gave a much needed platform to the Northern Independence Party and basically kicked started <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> I really think we gave them the shot in the arm, and then when they start, <laughs> when the North is a completely separated country, it's nice to be like. 
Uh, I did that. Uh, <laughs> I know yeah, this were, is this we is a political one of the butterfly party. wings. Yeah, this is a political party whose leader recently just lifted a joke verbatim from our podcast <laughs> and tweeted it like it was his own idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you do that's, you, Phil. That's clout. That's yeah. clout. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yeah. you know, the real heads the joke from, but yeah, yeah, the real heads are DMing us going, you know, Phil's just lifted Amando's quote verbatim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, and then just go, yeah, I'm gonna like it. <laughs> Yeah, like and retweet yeah, it. Yeah. Good joke. Hey, it's good, yeah. <laughs> Funny, we can get that from Jacobin for their yeah. new card game. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking parasites. Phil can do what he wants. Jacobin can fuck off. That was a good interview, the Nip interview. I think Phil was really good. And that came about because of this episode last year. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we... um. I think someone asked us about the Northern Independence Party. Um, oh, yeah. When, um, and this um, year we've told Jacobin to fuck off. Onwards <laughs> <laughs> so uh, and upwards. Uh, right, they, they fucking, they shot first. They drew first blood. Um, uh, <laughs> From Granite Tide. I granite would like to know. Tide? That's how I would say it. Wow, granite that's a cool Tide. Name. Yeah. Granite Tide. I would like to know how Jack and Sean feel about the lyrics robbing the nation of all emotion, making children forget about mouths. And they attach to this question <laughs> a screenshot yeah. of someone writing in a, like a Facebook messenger saying, <laughs> well, I went in Morrison's and left immediately. There is a group of anti-maskers protesting inside Morrison's, shouting and singing stupid stuff. And then in quotes, robbing the nation of all emotion, making the children forget about mouths. I don't know about you, but in a mask, I'm hyper-conscious of my mouth. I don't cease to believe I have a mouth because mouth is covered. My, my mouth is covered. Other people's mouths are covered. But then I also know, I go, ah, I know my mouth is behind my mask. So do you know what I think is behind their masks? Mouths. That is mm. why they need to wear masks and also noses. But that is, I think that is, the fact that they're only emphasising the mouth is a symptom of the anti-masker, right? They haven't spent long enough with the mask guidance yeah. to have a correct <laughs> song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should be mouth, children forget about mouths and noses. The child could become like a, a mouth solipsist right. where they're like, I got the mouth. <laughs> I know, you know, like um, Descartes. <laughs> I know that I have a mouth. I mouth, therefore I am. I mouth, therefore I have a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I have a mouth and I will scream. <laughs> yeah. But right. I can't speak for anyone else. The anti-maskers are going to be um, sharing, you know, that bit from The Matrix where Neo's mouth starts closing up. The CG. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what your children's future is. <laughs> <laughs> How can you make a phone call now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... They, I want to know how they were singing them because in my when you only first just asked what do you think about those lyrics, I was like, are these fucking Manic Street Preachers lyrics? <laughs> mm. I've been trying to map it onto a tune all day, but it doesn't fit anything. Because that's how I heard my head as like a sort of Manic Street Preachers style, like over like guitars going, mm. robbing the nation of all emotion, making children forget about their mouths. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me there's a there's a Piers Corbin social media video oh, and in fuck. that he's singing a song on the London Underground that says that trying to keep your breath in your mask is like trying to keep a fart in your trousers and he sings that like it's an anthem while walking the length of an underground tube like train. um bit of sweet symphony 
Yeah, I think they probably are going precisely <laughs> for Bittersweet Symphony. But it looks more like the music video for Vindaloo, which was ripping that off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ripping off the deal. Oh, that sounds bad. It's very bad. So, yeah, uh, a granite tide. I think I, my main critique of the lyrics is I would love to hear the melody, mm. uh, uh, which is not a critique, it's a question. And my critique, I suppose, is logically we would assume that they would say mouths on noses yeah and if you can speak to your friend get them just to send the melody along this could be yeah. through guitar yeah. tab but obviously sheet music would be preferred because well, guitar tab doesn't tell have, us the, yeah, doesn't have the yeah, rhythm exactly, and exactly, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, know how yeah, long yeah, a yeah. note is held for <laughs> <laughs> time signature as well actually we need yeah i think it'll be four four yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a waltz yeah, I'd love it to be a word. That would get me anti-vax overnight. Uh, Sean F. Smith asks, what is best of eggs? Fabergé. Oh. Or mini. mini well, I cream? Listen, I, love, I hate cream egg. What? I love egg. I love egg from chicken. Mm. I like, I've had egg from duck, deluxe. I like Easter egg. I don't like mm, the packaging. Egg. I like, don't like the packaging, but I like the thinness, that chocolate and the egg shape are great. I haven't had it for years, but it's very good. Mini egg. I don't like mini egg. You don't like mini egg. You don't like it. I like cream egg. Show. You like cream egg. I, I don't, don't like, like mini egg. I am a big sugar. <laughs> I also just love saying egg. Um, egg. Egg. There needs to be a vowel on the end. If you're not egg. doing a vowel on the end, you're not enjoying yourself. Egg. egg. <laughs> the i love a mini egg the the i'm a big sugar head right so you'd think mm. i'll be on the cream egg because the cream egg is like sugar sugar town usa i don't like the taste of the the cream egg core sean what about I the texture I, no 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 oh. any of it hey i it is it is a venn diagram of ick i do wow. not like the cream egg and i thought i would i remember as a child thinking wow this egg looks great mm. and i remember and a cream egg you know like when you're a child you're small so the cream egg is much larger mm. and it's just i didn't like it i didn't like it i was always confused about the how do you eat yours campaign because i've never really seen yeah. that much variation in the wild right what is the way to eat it you just, put it in your you <laughs> this is how i assume you eat it. you put it in your mouth in no, one wrong. and then you hold it to slowly melt until it's all melted and then you swallow it in one like a duck <laughs> i don't think you swallow i don't think you like initiate your like i just think you let it slide down i think the aim is to keep it off your toe no taste and then just tilt the head back and then just let the whole thing down never swallow yeah, yeah. you've got to manually with your hands massage it down the esophagus it's like a suppository for your mouth yeah if you taste it once like whamageddon if you taste it even <laughs> once you're out for the year <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite way to, to have an egg you know like an egg if it, what if what if sean's just asking about egg you know like a, yeah chicken i prepare my eggs very lazily yes but if i go out you know someone will make a benedict or something yeah, i'll benedict, say hell yes the fucking the benny the benny rules this monday i walked up to a dam and by wow. the dam there's a little calf and they yeah. gave me a poached egg on sour bread i'm not gonna gave say no you? to that i have to buy it. it all right they gave oh, me yeah. as part of it, but I, yeah, I made it sound more... It was more, an exchange, yeah. I made it sound more interesting. Yeah, yeah. I bought it like a fucking prole. 
Benedict in all, almost any almost any context. Once in a blue moon now, because I'm not I'm not going out, and I'm not never going to make myself a Benedict. If I'm making an egg, I will just fry it, mm-hmm. steam it, put the steam on so it just yeah. it fries the top without you spinning it, and I put it upside down on a crumpet, and I'm done. I once um, saw a woman going through security with eggs in an airport, boiled How hard eggs? boiled eggs, numerous. Um, and the security people were like, what's, what's the deal with these? And she was like, no, they're hard-boiled, they're hard-boiled, because obviously you can't have liquids. Right. Um, so I think they made a demonstrate that they were hard-boiled. Um, although maybe she had one prepped that was hard. There was a big kerfuffle. How but did she I, demonstrate it? She cracked it. She wasted an egg. She was you know, you know you can You know you can check the contents without cracking. Do you know how you... Well, she didn't know that. Do you want to know it? Yeah, and the listener has to want to know as well now. Someone's going to want no, to just, know. No, it doesn't matter if they have happened to want... I, I, it's my podcast in part. <laughs> 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 I'm going to tell you how you test an egg. <laughs> Obviously, we can edit it out if it doesn't yeah, do well yeah, with yeah, the um, focus group. But well, uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Jack Layton could be like, that was shit. Yeah. <laughs> That's gone. Um, if if, if you're hard boiling egg and you, you spin it and then oh. quickly stop it, quickly stop it, if it's still got liquid in there, the liquid will keep spinning and make the egg start spinning again. But if it's all hard, you stop it, it stays stopped. <laughs> and it, as soon as I tried to do that, if I went, oh, do you know you can try to test an egg You're gonna and smash. then spin it, I'd smash it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd smash, smash it. it. You yeah. need a delicate and yeah, gentle yeah, hand. Yeah. Could be something for you to learn. Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean with additional music by Jack Lewis Evans. Thank you so much for listening and special thanks to those of you who got in touch with questions. I'm sorry we couldn't cover everything. Hope you have a lovely Christmas and New Year's. Stay safe and see you again in 2022. Big love, good vibes. That is from both me and Sean.